Perfect Balance Healthcare presents Lick, Stick, and More with your host, Dr. Nandita Kudi. Join me to explore the minds of thought leaders as they share golden nuggets on the impact of faith integration in practice, professional development tips, and innovative solutions to bring you beyond ordinary healthcare. in for another episode with me, your host, Dr. Nandita Kudi. I have with me today, Dr. Ben Gibson. He is a pharmacist out of San Antonio, Texas. He's with us to talk a little bit about what he's doing in the anti-aging space, which is really cool. I feel like there's a lot of focus right now on the aging population and the elderly and less on preventative care and our younger generation. So it's nice and refreshing to see someone who's making strides in this area of pharmacy. And without further ado, I'd like to introduce Dr. Ben Gibson. If you could please tell us a little bit about your background. I'm a geriatric pharmacist. One of the things that I was always interested in was the motto of like an ounce of prevention being worth a pound of cure. Like we meet, not eat necessarily like the best diet, but also there's a lot of chemicals. So just in addition to maybe the fact that there's a lot of sugar in our diet. There's also a lot of chemicals that we encounter. Um, and we may not necessarily think about after going to like two different nutrition conferences and being aware about different supplements, I spent some time on PubMed, like looking at different studies, um, like astaxanthin, which is based from algae that's helpful with wrinkle prevention, another supplement, while it didn't necessarily darken up, if you had gray hairs, it was kind of helpful during a short study to prevent additional graying. Another thing about like, like rice water is sometimes used with the quality of hair, but you should also consider the area that the rice is grown in because certain rices in Arkansas, the way the earth's core is, it has like a little bit more arsenic. That's like one of those things where you might hear about something online and, oh, this is a really cool thing, but investigate that a little bit more. So those are a couple of things that I was thinking about more recently. That's one of the reasons why I made an anchor podcast. There's a lot of supplements out there and is any, how much is this based by evidence? Like there were a variety of people who were relatively successful entrepreneurs and they didn't really start their career until their 40s. Um, the founder of Zipcar, Kentucky Fried Chicken, Duncan Hines, Julia Child. Um, she wasn't really even like TV famous until she was 51. I know in our society, a lot of times, like it's so easy to kind of think, oh, well, if I'm not immediately starting out and if I'm not in immediate instant success, oh, maybe I should kind of just give up on, on this dream. Yeah. And it's like, who even came up with that? Like who said, it's kind of like these thoughts that kind of creep into our head that we put there ourselves because we think that's where the expectations are and they can really, you know, that's, that's how we get in our own way with regard to starting something. And so that's something I kind of want to get into is like, what allowed you to transition from the idea of doing something with regard to getting the word out on anti-aging solutions and, you know, how we can look more at our diet and nutrition and food is medicine, what allowed you to transition from that idea of just having conversations with colleagues to actually saying, Hey, I'm going to put this into action and I'm going to form my own business and I'm going to get a podcast going. And we'll talk about some of the other things that you're doing as well. Like from the time that I was young, um, like I had an uncle who was an entrepreneur and actually for most of his life, 
he didn't make very much money and he even discouraged me from doing it. I took an elective class in pharmacy school where I was told, oh, if you don't own like four independent pharmacies, you're not going to be able to make enough of a profit margin. And I kept thinking like, oh, come on, like there are random people who are in the tech space. They're able to design a program like I had a professor and he was a programmer. And why are we forced to limit ourselves? I'd say like during the past five years, you know, I kind of got a little bit exposed a little bit more to functional medicine, prevention and food as medicine. I mean, I had had a little bit of bad experience with business coaching mentors. One lady sold a course with the, you know, guarantee. And after two weeks, I basically said like, this is designed for somebody who already has a pharmacy. Like I can't use any of this. And I didn't necessarily have like the best experience. And finally, I just thought about a quote, like, Doing the same thing over and over, but expecting a different result is the definition of insanity. And so there was another business mentor who she was on Yahoo and she knew a lot about marketing. And just before I agreed to pay her the large sum that I did, I said, hey, you know, the biggest problem that I've had is I have not been able to find clients. And if I can't have any, like, I know all, like, I've gone to all these conferences and like I got published on PubMed and yet I am not able to actually sell a product or sell a service. And she said, don't worry. Like if you are willing to listen to me and do all my modules and whatnot, you will be able to find clients because there are people who are like you, who have that same philosophy about prevention and, and they understand that the existing medical model is a little bit more focused on managing of diseases, but not necessarily on prevention. That's why I said, okay, like I'm, I'm willing to trust you. And I mean, I haven't necessarily made a lot from my existing podcast, but I have made a little bit. And she was able to help you along with trying to figure out how to at least put in that piece, right. And try to figure out mm -hmm. how to get the word out on what you were doing to where people even knew you existed to begin mm -hmm. to, to do, um, have clients to work with that, you know, you share commonality with, I have to first at least commend you for even being brave enough and, you know, less prideful to say, Hey, you know, I'd rather just learn from someone who's figured this out than stumble my way through seven years of trying to build this from the ground up. So that, you know, kudos to you for that, because I feel like if I had did that years ago, I would have saved myself a lot of the, the frustration that I've, I've had to encounter doing it on my own. But one of the common themes that I've seen here with the coaches that you selected were that they weren't necessarily catering to where you were and what your needs were. And that might have been a part, a fault of your own for not really investigating fully what it is that they were coaching before you agreed and paid for it. You know, mm -hmm. for instance, the one that was uh, for pharmacy owners, existing pharmacy owners may not have been for you, but maybe you were like, oh, it's pharmacy related and therefore I have, there's something for me to gain here but it ended up not being translatable to what your goals were. And with the second coach, um, you know, she's, she's telling you that, Hey, I can help you get clients. If you just put in these general features into your business model, then you should be able to convert clients. But then it's like, yeah, but you're still not meeting me where I'm at with regard to what it is I'm trying to accomplish because you're giving me really general vague solutions, but it be, no, this is for Ben. Like I'm paying you big money for you to work with Ben and tell me what I'm doing wrong or how I can do it more efficiently. 
And that's what, that's the piece that I feel like as you grow your own thing and you're looking at coaching others, you now can take into consideration your own experiences, having gone through mentorship programs and being able to say, this is how I'm going to do it better. And that leads me into my next topic of conversation, which is what was the business name that you chose and why did you choose it? Uh, so I chose, we can do it better together consulting. And the reason was that I mainly wanted to be focusing one-on-one with people. And I kind of went back to when I was graduating, one of the kind of words of advice was there's a lot of jobs out there where you can essentially trade your health for money. And then later in life, you're going to have to trade that money that you've earned to try to get your health back. When I graduated, I unfortunately I had to do a lot of temp jobs. So on one hand, I got to get exposed to a lot of different places. But I also realized like a lot of those places were like, I don't like this workflow. I don't necessarily like this. The culture of like, you can't make any mistake. And if you make the slightest of thing, you know, it's, it's the end of the world. And I wanted just to be, have time one-on-one with somebody where I'm going to be trying to let them be aware. Like here's a variety of science-based validated interventions that you could do that might be helpful. Like right now I'm writing a book about probiotics and there's a lot of information about how uh, essentially they can prevent a lot of different disease states. But there are some people who their body doesn't really metabolize histamine well. And so if they take and consume probiotics, they're actually going to feel sicker. That's why I would kind of want to do certain tests to kind of just assess like, well, are there certain foods that, you know, would be triggers for you and you shouldn't really be consuming like doing it in a group setting you know the downside would be like i can talk about like the theoretical well this is probably this might be good for you but you know it, no, it may not necessarily be helpful because it may not be relevant to that one particular person right you're in an elevator with todd yuri and you've got 10 seconds to tell him what you do and why you need to get on his podcast to share out you know, we can do it better together. What solution do you have? What problem are you solving? And, you know, who are you solving this for? Who are you actually coaching and working with? I am helping that person who has been to a few different healthcare professionals, is overweight or has lots of inflammation and you don't know why you feel like you've done everything, but actually there are like, there's some really simple, easy test with the mouse swab where we can learn about your specific genes and what is triggering for you and what you would need to support yourself. Like what are the supplements that you would need? What are the foods that you need to avoid for a certain period of time? And how can you, like, essentially, how can you use food as medicine to get better? Cool. So that's, that's very unique. And I think that, you know, being specialized in one area of you know, food being medicine will allow you to really establish yourself as a thought leader in this space. So like, I feel like uh, where a lot of people um, fall short of their ability to really make an impact in the profession is they're trying to be all for all. And Mm -hmm. so let's say with the topic of probiotics, they're saying, hey, you know, whether I'm dealing with a pediatric patient, or middle-aged or an elderly patient, I'm here and I can help anyone understand probiotics. Whereas if you're coming in and saying, Hey, I'm a specialist with regard to probiotics that can be utilized in the anti-aging realm and saying, Hey, for the people who are interested in doing this as preventative care, 
I'm your, I'm your point person for that. I think that goes a long, a longer way and you can expand your geographical reach more with positioning yourself in the industry as a thought leader in that space, as opposed to the person who's trying to be all for all. Yeah, that would be something that I think um, you can really take, we can do it better together to another level, um, taking that approach. And I see that you've done that a little bit with your writing um, process and podcasting on some of these topics, as well as now doing some web design and um, business formation with regard to how you want to coach patients to finding success. What I really wanted to get to is that you didn't just stay stuck in the cycle or complaining about it. You know, you're actually doing something to change the way that you practice and you're transitioning into something that you feel like you can morally stand behind and, and make a better impact on patient care. What I wanted to get into is how is it that you're able to juggle your writing, your podcasting, you're doing web design, you're starting up your business, you're formulating what your coaching is going to look like for the patients that you serve, but you're still working you know, for another company at the same time and trying to figure out how you're doing that all. What tools are you utilizing or what strategies are you utilizing in order to find progress? I once heard a person once say, if you haven't read your Bible, you shouldn't have your breakfast. Having God's word, like thinking about that and keeping your, also trying to have a good schedule. God is like the source of my inspiration for like, why am I doing this? Because there's a lot of days where I've kind of said like, oh, I'm tired. This is work. I really don't want to do this. Um, what kind of helps me was I, th I think of a story about Ben Franklin where he went to work with his apprentice and for the entire day, they had nothing but abject failures. And the apprentice said like, today was a waste. Why did we even come to work? And Ben Franklin said, no, today we learned how not to do certain things through the course of work. Um, but also through prayer and fasting, like I'm able to like be sustained. Yeah. I think, you know, when you're starting your day with God first, it sets the tone and, you know, you're given positivity and light in what you're doing and, and really focusing on him and making sure that whatever you're doing, that you're doing it for his glory and in service to others and in love and kindness. And um, it really just helps to set the tone with whatever it is that you're building and whatever your um, progress for the day will look like, whether it's progress defined by society standards, or as you mentioned, like Ben Franklin, just telling his apprentice, hey, you know, no, as long as you're working on it and you're learning and you're moving forward and you're being, you know, committed to it and consistently, that's really what where the success lies is in the journey um, of actually doing it and doing it for the right purposes and, and eventually being able to serve others with what you've created and built. Um, with God as your focus and as your strength to do it and to build it because we don't, we don't have that ourselves. We rely on him for that. <laughs> I was thinking of a, of a quote, like Americans love to buy, but hate to be sold to. Yeah. And, um, like what you were saying, it really, I mean, I think about a lot of, of this potential mentors who I had, I really didn't, I had so many doubts. Now, some of them weren't necessarily valid, but sometimes it was just, I don't, I didn't think that I was really able to take what, what the, the little tools in their toolbox and actually implement them. And I think trying to really have a good mentor who can be able to say, okay, these are certain tools. These are, this is a path that I took. Um, this should help you 
but let, let us try to have a more individualized mentorship where we'll try to figure out what are your goals and what do you want to be able to accomplish? Otherwise you end up just having lots of kind of grumpy, frustrated people who are burnt out and then they go and they see different people who are essentially just selling, but they don't necessarily have a good product. Like they don't have a solution. They just have really good marketing. Yeah. And like, would you say that, you know, maybe with your current mentorship where they're saying, if you don't have a podcast, you can't find success, you know? Yeah. Um, what are so, your thoughts on that? You know, cause I, and obviously I'm a podcaster myself and you know, I, I'd be lying if I said that I wasn't able to have people come in and want to be clients as a result of my podcast, but that's not necessarily my reason for sharing out what I share. My reason for sharing out what I share is to inspire pharmacists to do more than the traditional role. Um, that yes, the traditional role is important for us to make sure that we are engaging in our purpose as pharmacists, but we also have the ability to do more than just dispensing. So just inspiring pharmacists to take a faith centered approach to practicing morally to serving others mm -hmm. in a godly fashion. That's my purpose for the podcast. And if that brings along people who want to be clients and come under my umbrella as, as mentees, then that's great, but that's not really the focus of it. So I think there's a disconnect there too with coaches who are saying, Hey, if you don't have a podcast, then, you know, if you don't, if you don't have a social media presence on IG, LinkedIn, you know, Facebook, you're not going to be successful. What are your thoughts on, on putting people in a box like that when it comes to getting what you're doing out there? I would say everybody has different strengths and like, I'm more of an introvert. And one of the reasons that I was able to kind of do that, like the main part of why I was able to do the podcast was I realized, oh, all I have to do is just take my phone and record what I want to say. And I can essentially be reading, which is something I wanted to do. And I can be learning and I can be teaching other people. And I mean, like, I don't really like IG because you, well, one reason, like, it's just some of the stuff that I, like, I would see, but like, it wasn't good for me spiritually. Um, but also, like, you don't even get paid. I mean, yes, you can potentially make connections and maybe you can sell but I mean, at least with the podcast, um, you know, you like you can, there will be a small little ad if you want to put it on and you don't have to, but you know, if you make really good content and like, if you're not, you know, you can be an introvert like me and you can just let the world know like, Hey, this is my focus. This isn't, this is like, I'm, these are solutions I have. If you have this problem, you know, you need, like you can here, you can just take these free solutions that I have. A lot of a lot of what I'm talking about, essentially, it's just free intellectual capital, but it, it lets that person know like, hey, this guy knows what he's talking about. Yeah. So it's more of like this is a tool to establish yourself as a thought leader in your space, uh, not so much as it being a lead generation tool as it is. Uh, hey, here I am and I'm, I'm out in the interwebs, you know, radiating what I have to offer and, and being able to connect with people who, who want to share in that. You know, what is the name of your podcast? Food health facts. Uh, I'm on Anchor. I had been trying to do it on a weekly basis. I had to take a little bit of a delay recently, so I have a couple coming out in a week or two. So, like, I would now say, like, 
maybe expect every two weeks. So two a month. And I think that's something that's hard for podcasters to say. It's almost like you feel defeated or you feel like you're not meeting up to the expectations of society with regard to podcasting. If you take a break or if you miss a week of an episode and it's like, honestly, like I think we're a lot harder on ourselves than the reality of the situation because we have these false expectations, right? You know, who says that you have to publish an episode every single week? until the end of time, like life happens. Maybe you have to travel or you have a, you fall sick or something and you didn't queue up five episodes in advance. That's okay. It's not the end of the world. You know, you're still, you're not going to lose your, your audience or you're not going to lose the impact that you're having on the industry. If, if you take a break because you need to for a week or two, like that's perfectly fine. I think as long as you're publishing content on a regular basis and your audience is engaged and what you have to offer is valuable to them that it shouldn't matter so much as to, you know, hitting every single dot. I think as pharmacists, we end up being perfectionists in that sense and feeling and putting expectations on ourselves that don't really exist. I remember actually one of the reasons that I was hesitant to even start being a business owner for a while was one time I went down to the local score, um, which is like the volunteer, uh, it's a volunteer organization of retired executives but they um, had one guy who said like, oh, well, like if you're not putting stuff out there every week, oh, nobody's going to want to listen to you. And I was thinking, doesn't quality matter? Like it reminded me so much of my existing job where it's like, quick, we have to produce, 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 produce. And metrics on your podcast, right? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, if anyone wants to get in touch with you, maybe they want to learn a little bit more about anti-aging or probiotics or, you know, anything that you're really positioning yourself as an expert in, how can they reach you and hear more about what you're doing and how it can benefit them? Go on LinkedIn and contact me there. All right, Dr. Gibson, thank you so much for taking the time out of your schedule to share with us all things anti-aging. And we look forward to hearing from you next time. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this episode of Lickstick and More. Subscribe and follow us on YouTube and all the social media sites at Perfect Balance Healthcare, or visit us anytime at pbh.life. 